0: Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and it is A couple days for Iowa takes on Nebraska. So, of course, we have to bring on our guy, Connor Happer. Connor, you've been on the show before. You were a a very awesome guest last time. Love talking Iowa-Nebraska football game with you. And you are the co-host of the Happer and Schaefer Show on 93.7, the ticket. I think I said that right, the 93.7. Is that right? You got it, yeah. I was like, I think that's how a radio show typically works. So, you are the go-to guy. You're also the voice of the women's basketball team for Nebraska as well. Um, Before we get into anything, though, first off, how are you personally doing today, my man?
0: Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Just making our way toward Thanksgiving. It it looks like it's going to be a pretty nice Black Friday here in Lincoln weather-wise, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, Excited to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I have so many questions about this Nebraska team. And my buddy, I was telling you before the show, huge Nebraska fan. Um, he, is, he is really looking forward to this episode to kind of hear about what you have to say about Nebraska as well, because it has been quite the interesting season. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank all of our listeners for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can buy the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube now by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. So, Connor, let's just get into it. Um, I'm looking at Nebraska's schedule. I mean, you lose by three points to Michigan State. You lose by three points to Michigan. Uh, the Oklahoma game, I mean, you couldn't have shot yourselves in the foot more than you did in Oklahoma, plus some really bad calls towards the end of that game. I mean, um, what is the general consensus about Nebraska football in Cornhusker land at this point?
0: Oh, man, it's <laughs> it's hard to come to one. Uh, it's It's been – every game's kind of been a – you know, a choose your narrative type of game uh, for the Nebraska fan base, just against um, you know, with its. What do you think about Scott Frost? What do you think about where the program's headed? What do you think about the quarterback? Um, all those things are seemingly up for grabs and change on a roller coaster uh, every single week around this team. Um, they 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 play they play hard. Um, it's it's as well equipped at, of a group, um, especially on the defensive side. That we've seen in a couple of years. It's it's Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Shenander's, uh best defense so far in his fourth year. They were helped out by a bunch of you know fourths, sixth year seniors coming back, so um, they're experienced on that side of the ball. They've missed a couple guys on Friday, but um, the defense has generally been good outside of their most recent game against Wisconsin. And the offense has been up and down. They've had good and bad performances. Um, so it's hard to come to a consensus, but it's a team that battles. Um, they just haven't quite got over the hump yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would love to go back in history and see if there's ever been a team like Nebraska. I mean, three and eight at this point, seven losses by less or one score or less. And then the Ohio state game was also a pretty close game itself. I mean, um, it's just, it's tough to make something of this team and what they're actually bringing to the table. Um, so let's, let's, let's kind of try to take it at one step at a time. Quarterback, that's the big thing here. Um, I talked a little bit about it on the show. Yesterday, Adrian Martinez is officially ruled out. Uh, kind of interesting that Scott Frost brought that up. I know he mentioned in his press conference, whenever someone has a season-ending season, season ending injury, he typically brings it up. But, I mean, he could have just not said anything. And we have Logan Smothers now, the quarterback. So I'm curious, uh, how does the dynamic of the Nebraska offense change without Adrian Martinez in?
0: Well, it it changes a lot. Um, I, I think we, we just don't know yet. I mean, Nebraska's had Adrian Martinez as their quarterback and you guys have, you guys have become familiar with him now for, for the last four years. And, um, there just hasn't been a whole lot of opportunities for Nebraska to get other guys in and, and develop other guys. And, and some even, even some cases recruit other guys. So, um, the guy that you'll see starting the game on Friday is Logan Smothers. Uh, he's, uh, he was a, from the 19 class, all the years get mixed up now because of yep. who's a Frenchman and you know who had the co. I believe that's right. The 2019 class, or maybe the 2000. 2000- yeah, I think he was actually the 2020 class. Um, Luke McCaffrey was the 2019 class. So 2020 guy. Um, uh, he's known more uh, as an athlete. Um, the 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 knock on him, and from what little we've seen so far, whether it's in just small snippets of open practices practices or or little game stuff um, the arm isn't necessarily there yet the arm talent is there isn't there yet but um, Scott Frost h- has mentioned before that he likes the way that he runs the offense he's in control of it one thing that you have noticed in a small um, you know game time so far is, is they run quick with them so th- we'll probably see a little bit of tempo on Friday they have to kind of create a, a different subset of the offense for him. The thing with Adrian that they love, obviously, is he can do all the pieces. He can, you know, in, in their mind, they can he can make the throws. Um, he can run when it's necessary as well. Logan's a little bit more limited as far as the talent is concerned, but there's things that he does really well that you hope on Friday for Nebraska's sake that they're able to scheme to and, and uh, you know, highlight a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because the first I text my buddy immediately after I found out that Adrian Martinez was not gonna be playing, and I was like, what does Logan Smothers bring? And he says he's fast and a lot of quick passes, um, which kind of aligns with what you're saying here. That's interesting though, because I look at and I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, but Samori Tori. Samurai Tori. S- okay, S- S- Samari
0: Samari Toure, yeah.
1: Oh wow, I butchered everything about that. Samari Toure. <laughs> um, he's averaging 21.3 yards a catch. Uh, a guy who's—I uh, think in one game he had two 64-yard catches or something like that. Um, definitely a, a big play type of guy. Does that eliminate some or negate some of his effectiveness if Logan Smothers is a guy who's going to get the ball out of his hands? Because when I look at his average depth of target is 15.3 yards, so it's not like it's not like he's getting the ball at the two yard, you know, within two yards, and then you know, running around a lot. He's getting the ball deep in the, you know, deep in the the, the field. So how does that negate or not negate his effectiveness?
0: No, for sure. Most of those, most of his catches have been big shots this year. He, he's their, he's their leading receiver, and it, at times it doesn't feel like he's their main target. It's 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 kind of weird how the offense has worked that way. Um, you know, I, I think because of that, you're you're probably right. If you're able to uncork a couple down the field, that maybe you can catch Iowa off guard on. You'll have to take your shots while you can. They opened it up a little bit last week against Wisconsin, but that was with Adrian Martinez. Um, he was injured right before halftime, and then ended up playing in the second half, and still, you know, kind of kind of fighting through that injury. And man, that, that's kind of a crazy story. Truly and
1: impressive.
0: Yeah, he from from what from what we know, it's a, it's a relatively serious injury that's going to require um, you know some offseason attention, and so he he battled through, probably knowing that that was going to be his last shot there. Um, which was – and threw for, I think, 350 yards or something like that against Wisconsin, who's the number one defense in the country. Um, But, yeah, I I think it probably limits Nebraska's explosiveness on offense for sure. They're going to – it plays in Iowa's hands a little bit because I I think they want to probably slow things down a little bit. Nebraska hasn't been very good. In the red zone, they've been awfully reliant on explosive plays this year. Those big passes to Toure have been a huge part of their offense. Um, so it, it hurts them quite a bit in a lot of different ways. Can they can they manufacture a run game with the added help of of Smothers being a good runner? Yeah, we'll see what they get out of that. And, and then they have a couple other you know pretty talented receivers. We'll see how they decide to use them. Omar Manning and, and Xavier Betts. Um, who are pretty physical and and can catch in traffic a little bit as well. Um, but you're right. I, I think I think two-ray is probably a little bit wheeled in for this one.
1: Hey, y'all. I want to quickly pause the conversation with Connor to remind you that PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports, daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players the power five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They offer literally any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here is how it works. You pick two to five players, you pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x any entry you have. It's just you versus the projected numbers. They also allow mixed sport entries. So if you want to do some Iowa basketball, some Iowa football combined together, you can do that at Prize Picks. And it is very easy, only 60 seconds or less to make an entry. PrizePix also offers safe and fast withdrawals. And right now, all of our listeners, you can go to Prizepicks.com and type in the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. is daily fantasy made easy. I want to say thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at. And also by going to the YouTube channel and searching Locked On Hawkeyes. Again, we are here Monday through Friday for free. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Absolutely, man. You mentioned the running game and can they manufacture a running game. Um, Iowa has had quite a few teams. And that's what happens when you're playing the Big Ten West, right? I mean, it is a, a running division uh, through and through. Wisconsin's able to do some good things running the ball. Minnesota made Iowa's defense look like a JD JV defense uh, between the 20s. Uh, they were literally just shotgun quick toss. I, I swear to God, I've never seen so many shotgun quick tosses in my life. And it was just annihilating Iowa. First, Iowa couldn't make pursuit. Then they were over-pursuing. I mean, Minnesota just had Iowa's number. Then you get to Illinois, and Illinois – tried coming out the different game plan. They tried doing a lot of passing early on and it worked the very first drive, but from there on out, I was able to kind of lock things up and they weren't able to get a lot of things going in the run game. What, 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 I guess, what gets Nebraska's running game going? What is the general style of Nebraska's rushing attack? Is it going to be, you know, traditional Nebraska football? What do you think of the nineties is that triple option, right? Um, But now it's, is it going to be more out of the shotgun? What is it going to look like? And also, Who's playing running back? You have like right. six guys with 100 yards rushing.
0: Yep, that's the other thing. So they, they've been best this year when they've got the, the the pass game going, when they've either, A, hit a big play early, or, you know, B, hit a couple short ones and get quarterbacks in rhythm, and then all of a sudden you're able to crease a runner too. Nebraska has not been good on the offensive line this year, whether it's protection or uh, being able to put some, some sort of a run game together. And that's for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, the, what, what the offense is, is a part of it. And then the running back is a part of it too. So I, I don't know, I want to get to the running back, but like, I don't know what the conventional run game, you know, like what the, what the bread and butter is for Nebraska without Adrian Martinez. Like it, it's part of the intrigue of this game for sure. Um, and then the running back situation. Yeah. They had kind of, it looked like it was going to be early in the season back in, back in September, a freshman uh, named Gabe Irvin who uh, had a pretty serious injury in the Oklahoma game, um, out for the rest of the year, and it looked like he was kind of gonna be the guy there. Then they kind of turned it over to a, a guy who was kind of forgotten about in the program over the last couple of years, Ramir Johnson. Um, he's a kid out of New Jersey, kind of known as a track star, speedster guy, and um, now he's banged up. He, he's got an ankle injury. They lost a running back to the transfer portal and Savion Morrison, uh, before the Wisconsin game. Um, so who, what we saw last week was um, a little bit of Marquis Stepp, who is a transfer from USC, who we thought all along was kind of going to be the guy this year for Nebraska. And it just didn't end up being that way. And a little bit of another forgotten guy, uh, Marvin Scott the Third, who, um, you know, really hadn't played much all year, but ran okay. We saw, like, we can could, we could name all that. I mean, there's probably six or seven of them. Got yeah. some action last week. Um, I think that's a little bit more of an offshoot, you know, temporary type of thing. And, and fans around here wonder where uh, Jaquez Yant is. The He's a freshman walk-on big running back. Um, ended up getting a scholarship from, he's from Georgia. But um, kind of a Nebraska defensive back coach, Travis Fisher, find there. Uh, brought him in. Gave a walk-on offer, performed well. Came in a little overweight, um, and now he's he's MIA. He, he's he's in the doghouse, uh, you know. And he's buried on that depth chart. So I think it's probably going to be mostly Step and Scott on Friday. But that running back piece has been a huge deal for the They just I and mean, and we go through all these guys, and you know they can all do you know a couple things pretty well or better than the other, but they they don't have. You know, you look around the Big Ten, or look at those guys from from Michigan, who I was really impressed with, or you know Goodson, obviously as well. They they just don't have a guy who is um, definitively better than anybody else, and that's why you know it's been an issue for them this year. They haven't found a guy found a guy to kind of stick with.
1: That's tough. Um, so is Ramir John- Johnson expected to not play on Friday?
0: No, I don't think so. I, I don't think he's going to go. At least it, that was the tone from from scott frost yesterday we'll hear from him one more time tomorrow on wednesday so um yeah i don't i don't think so
1: makes sense yeah well look at ramir johnson stats 18 missed tackles for us which is nearly 20 percent of his carries he's forcing a missed tackle and then jacques as you said 5.5 yards after contact which is just absolutely absurd mm-hmm. um a bulldozer of a back. i always had some troubles with tackling so guy.
0: yeah it's a yeah, it's a big guy and that's why Nebraska fans, I think, like him, but I don't think we're going to see him much on Friday.
1: Love it. Perfect. Because Iowa had some issues tackling. Uh, they have not been able to bring guys down in the backfield. That's what crushed them with Minnesota. I mean, you have your 6th and 7th string running back in Minnesota making Iowa look like a JV squad, and those guys looking like all-American running backs, like the next version of Barry Sanders. It was a little bit, a little bit ridiculous. Hmm. Um, so we talked a little bit about Scott Frost and uh I know you probably have plenty of content to cover on your radio show every day with Scott Frost quotes whether or not he's coming back now that he is coming back I want to quickly digress to that um what are your thoughts on Scott Frost coming back
0: Yeah it's it's I mean I think they were in a in a tough spot um and what they ultimately decided to do was um cut down the buyout uh after next year and, and minimize the the salary he was making 5 million they cut it down to 4 million and then Uh, the buyout, if they would have fired him this year, would have been $20 million. Um, And if, so they, they reduced it to now if they fire him after next year, uh, it gets cut down from 15 to seven and a half. So I think that was a, that was a big deal um, in the contract. So he's not off the hook um, by any means. I think you're going into a, you know, a one, a one shot season next year with, and it's under extremely weird circumstances. They're, They had they fired their entire offensive staff uh, a couple weeks ago, with the exception of the tight ends coach. Um, So they're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator, and we'll see how that works. Um, Don't know what it what the quarterback situation is going to look like in 2022. So it's it's a scenario where things are going to have to come together pretty quick. So um, you know, it's got a chance to work. They they start off pretty light next year, Um, but then you know. you want What you want to see, I think, if you're a Nebraska fan is is um, Scott Frost be a little, and, he, and he's hinted at this a couple of times and said it, um, he, he wants to, I think, be a little bit more of a CEO type of head coach, hand over the reins of the offense um, to whoever he's going to bring in as his offensive coordinator. It seems a little, you know, jumbled and who's in charge, that type of thing at times with the offense. So that's one of the things you need to see this off season hopefully they they can produce results in a year because it, it it's you know it, it's a one year um it's a one year show here for for frost they have to and i don't know what the i don't know what the standard is um for next year i don't know what the number that they had to get to there was an interesting little piece written in the contract where it said they had they they need to meet mutually agreed upon metrics to uh to to, you know to not be fired after next year basically which is just crazy i hadn't really seen any a contract written up like that before so i don't know what those metrics are they won't say what those metrics are um but maybe it's a know it when you see it situation they they need to be much better in, in 2022
1: all right one last pause of the conversation with connor i hope you're enjoying it as much as i did i do want to remind you though it is thanksgiving Tomorrow, actually. And you know what Thanksgiving means? It means football. And nothing goes better than with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline.ag has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And it's not just football, y'all. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag. We are stuffed with deals this weekend. And you've heard me talk about Bilt Bar before. If you have not tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You absolutely have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky, they're waxy, or they're just plain hard to choke down. Bilt Bar is soft, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built bars also low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So, literally, all of the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And right now, if you've already bought some Built bars, definitely check out their website because they are coming out with a limited time flavor every three to four days. So, make sure you're checking out their website often. You do not want to miss out on this today. So, go to built.com. That's B U I T. Wow, excuse me, y'all. B U I L T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, I mean, when I when I looked at it, I was like, wow, that's a little bit ridiculous. But then my next thought was, we're so many coaches that have been fired as of recent, so it's going to be tough to get a coach in there. I would argue that Nebraska is not an overly appealing job right now. I think it could be, definitely can be at some point. But when you have some pretty high-profile jobs out there, you look at the buyout and the fact that you're reducing the buyout. And also, I mean, again, you got to look at the the fact that Nebraska has been really competitive in a lot of games. There's been some mental mistakes, but there's also been some interesting uh, things that Nebraska can't control. Uh, I know people don't like to blame the refs, but I wanted to get your thoughts on – how many of these games have really been decided by maybe Nebraska mistakes versus uh, things out of their control? I mean, man, some of the some of the calls in the Ohio State game towards the end of that game, I was like, this is ridiculous. Same with the Oklahoma game; like, this is kind of garbage. And I I like rooting against Nebraska, right? Like, it mm-hmm. it pains me to think you got screwed there, Nebraska. But I like it. Um, but like, can you can you describe that vibe to me?
0: Yeah. Ultimately, I mean. It- there has been a couple ones. I mean, in their in their most recent game against Wisconsin, um, you know, like so. This is the context of the situation. It's it's a fourth down, and they're basically throwing a heave toward the end zone on, from the twenty yard line on a fourth down play. It's it's their last chance, and it's kind of a hail mary. It's it's kind of not right. So I mean, it's, it's a twenty yard pass, but it's thrown into kind of a scrum of guys, and and um, Nebraska's intended receiver Xavier Betts got knocked way off the line and and it was definitely a pass interference call that didn't get called. Nebraska would have had, you know, a chance to to punch it in the end zone from, you know, from closer after that against to tie the game against Wisconsin. So that's that's an example of one right there. There was a few earlier in the year obviously um that have been just bad penalties at bad times, um or bad calls at bad times. Um but but generally, you know, Nebraska's offense when given the opportunity to tie or win the game late has fallen short. Either it's a three and out, um, or or a turnover, you you know, they've had so many chances to either complete a comeback or hold on or, you know, respond well, they've lost a couple games because purely because of special teams, you know, so it's just those little things add up during a game. And, um, they they haven't been able to overcome them. Their their margin for error isn't big enough to not have to, you know, to give up a kick return for a touchdown or give up a punt return for a touchdown or not have your, you know, or have a 14 yard punt or or whatever it might be. They they've had all those this year. They've checked all the weird boxes, missed field goals, stuff like that. So that stuff all adds up through a game throughout a game and it certainly adds up throughout a season. And that's basically where they're at right now. That I, I think there's certainly something to be said about the Big Ten officials, but, um, man, Nebraska's problems run a little bit deeper than that.
1: That's fair. No, I can definitely appreciate that. And I want to talk about special teams as well because that has been – if you can point to one area of of the football teams that has lost you know, Nebraska the last couple of games against Iowa, it's been special teams. I mean, I don't know how the heck you decide to kick to a Smith-Marset what a dumb idea uh, we've had a, multiple game winning field goals. It feels like every year winning on a game winning field goal. So um, we're going to get to that here in a second. My my last question is kind of a little bit more higher level before we get to special teams and defenses um, and we'll, those are a couple of questions. But what does Nebraska have to play for this weekend? I mean, you're three and eight, you have no bowl game eligibility. Um, you can beat Iowa, but Iowa, it's not like you're kicking Iowa out of the college football playoff. It's not like you're completely ruining their season. Honestly, most Iowa fans at this point are like, we're pretty happy being nine and three uh, or nine and two, potentially be nine and three, right? So what does Nebraska really have to play for in this game?
0: It's beating Iowa. And and that's, that's become, um, you know, more, a more acceptable kind of motive, I think, for, for Nebraska fans over the last uh, few years since they haven't won now and, in six tries. So, um, the, everybody on the, n- nobody on the roster has beaten Iowa. So I, I think that's kind of what it's for. And they you know, the coaching staff here is, has ties to whether it's, you know, the university of Iowa or coaching at Northern Iowa. Um, you know, th- they, they understand that it, that it does mean a lot. Um, so it's that. And I, I do think, Building momentum into this—it's going to be a real tough stretch here for Nebraska. They're going to have to turn over their roster. Guys are going to leave. Um, you know, they're going to have to be aggressive in the transfer portal, and this is all going to happen within the next month or so. So, creating some positive momentum—you know—before you go out and hire a new offensive coordinator, new offensive staff is is super important. So there, there's that part of it as well. Um, but mostly, it's 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 what it is on the face. It's a it's a good old-fashioned rivalry game. Um, and Nebraska fans certainly want to win it, and and I think it's been pretty well instilled in in the Nebraska players that they need to feel like it's important as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. I know the the mantra of this game has certainly changed over the 10 or 11 years um, that it's been kind of in place. I know it's a very – it's a forced rivalry, but it's one that also makes a ton of sense, And honestly, due to Nebraska kind of not being very good the last couple of years, it has actually made it even more important. I think Nebraska fans are incredibly prideful, as they should be. I mean, the history of the program, the legacy of the program is phenomenal. I think
0: it's it's actually flipped a little bit. I want to ask you this. like, I, I was saying today, there's a chance where it's flipped and it feels like this game may mean more to Nebraska now. And like Nebraska fans were so dismissive of that seven years ago. Um, and it's just, you know, it's not the same anymore. I, you get a lot of people just, you know, Hey, go big red, you know, screw Iowa, that type of thing. It's I, I think it's really become a pretty important thing to, to the fan base. Like where did, where has Iowa gone on it after winning six in a row?
1: Yeah. It's uh so it's a really interesting question. I re- it really depends on who you ask. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, anyone who's on twitter probably hates nebraska the most i I think the amount of uh the amount of trash talk between the two schools on twitter is just absolutely ridiculous um if i had to go kind of high level we have four kind of main rivalries right we have nebraska iowa state wisconsin minnesota minnesota without a doubt hates us the most the players hate minnesota the most the fans i don't really care a ton about minnesota because we win so much
0: Wisconsin
1: right. I would love to beat Wisconsin but Wisconsin fans they're not they're not out there talking crap and they beat us fair and square every year and I, I I'm like all right well I kind of expected it. it doesn't hurt me inside um I personally probably hate Nebraska the most like as as a person who does try to cover Iowa very significantly across the board I personally if I had to pick one game like I just don't want to lose this selfishly it's probably Nebraska I just I just can't have that be something I got to live with for the next year, dealing with that kind of crap from Nebraska fans. Yeah. Um,
0: Nebraska fans have come around to that idea. Like they, it's there, there's some intermingling, like we got to live together. We got to share some space here. So you can't, you know, you can't have the Iowa guy at work being like, Hey, we won for the seventh time. And like, you just, you don't want your life. So yeah, I think Nebraska fans have gotten a little bit of a better handle on that.
1: Yeah. I I can definitely appreciate that. You'll enjoy this. So Arlen Bruce, the fourth, um, He has been a great asset to the team as a freshman. Uh, He came on the show, and I just asked him kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on some of the rivalries and stuff like that? Without prompting, said, you can tell Nebraska and old Thomas this. They will not win a single game when I'm at Iowa. And so I put that – what was that?
0: That's amazing. That's a great
1: I don't know. So I was like, I was so pumped. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be great. So I created a graphic for it. It's like got Arlen's Iowa picture. I put that on Twitter. It was the most engaging tweet I have ever had in my entire show. I had over like 700 or 800 likes on it. I had so many Nebraska people. I got DMS for days. Arlen was getting DMS for days and that cocky. I love him. He's hilarious. Like, He's so, he just, uh, not cocky. He's just, he's very confident. Yes. Um, he has actually, I'm pretty sure saved some of the tweets and he has been responding to some of them throughout the season when he does awesome stuff. So, I mean, I love the fact that like the players are getting into it too. I mean, yeah, uh, Arlen's just such a good kid. It's just, it's fun to see that too.
0: That's what a rivalry's all about, man. That's, that's what it's been. I, I love stuff like that. I, it, you know, we haven't seen much of the player to player trash talk, but the but the players haven't been like, you know, you go to media days or whatever. The players aren't shy about like, yeah, we don't we don't like them.
1: And yeah.
0: That's good. Like that's step number one. Now we need some uh, you know, some week of trash talk or something like that.
1: Absolutely, man. It'll be definitely interesting to see if it gets a little chippy like Iowa, Illinois did several times. Um I is Mark Dismuke on the is still playing or is he? he is. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I strongly, with a passion, dislike Mark Eldes-Muke. Um <laughs> That guy, it seems like if there's a chippy or maybe a slightly borderline uh, bullcrap kind of cheap play, he's always involved in it. And it always seems to happen at Iowa. Uh, very strong dislike for Mark Eldes-Muke. Um you
0: know, Nebraska's had a couple, um, you know, weirdly enough, oh, the best two teams they've played this year, uh, maybe not quite the best two, but Ohio State and Oklahoma, they, they've gotten into. Pre-game scuffles with both of those teams because they kind of like walked into their t- territory on, on the other side of the 50 yard line. I wonder if we could see a little bit of that on Friday. Like I, you know, somebody, somebody walks across the 50 yard line. And it's like, Hey, what are you going to do about it? I, I I hope we get there. Little, little blood boiling early.
1: I mean, I, I cannot imagine uh, Keith Duncan blowing kisses to the crowd, made anyone very happy. Uh and he's actually talked several times about his experience because he was on the show here as well, a couple times. And he's talked several times about uh, Scott Frost and like what Nebraska coaches were saying to him. So, I mean, this is, this has gotten really personal and I, I love it and I enjoy it and it does make it a lot of fun. Um, But it definitely makes me nervous going into Friday because I feel like at this point, Iowa, Nebraska has nothing to lose. You're playing your backup quarterback. You've lost eight games. Uh, the season's not really what you wanted to be. Meanwhile, Iowa, has things to lose so it'll be really interesting um i take up a lot of your time i just have two more questions for you yeah, special, teams is, special teams is especially has always been an issue for nebraska against iowa i went back and looked at some of the games this year it seems to continue to be an issue connor Culp, a former big 10 kicker or all big 10 kicker uh seemingly has the yips or something and has reverted to roberto wagario in the tampa bay buccaneers uniform uh punting and kicking the ball. I know you've uh, switched out punters a couple times or twice, and you've had several returns. Uh, granted, Michigan State's uh, Jalen Rieger is just blistering fast, but you also allowed one against Wisconsin as well. Do you feel like special teams is a concern coming into this game where you have an all-American punter and Tory Taylor, you have a guy who should have been up for the Lou Groves on Caleb Shudock, and you have Charlie Jones who is ridiculously fast and returns literally any punt that comes to him. Does that scare you at all?
0: Yes, incredibly. <laughs> yeah, Nebraska is uh, about last in every special teams metric that you could find out there. Um, everything that has gone wrong has gone wrong. Um, you know, whether it's scheme wise, uh, occasionally, but also the specialists too. They've had they've had many shanked punts that have cost them field position and ultimately points. They've had missed field goals at the you know at the wrong times where you look back at the end of the game and it's like, well, if we would have had six there, we would have. Uh, we would have won the football game or at least been in it later. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been, it's been really bad. So, so Cole ultimately has got replaced. Um, they're going with Chase Contreras, who was a, uh, I think he was an Iowa Western guy okay. um, from a couple of years ago. I, I, that should be the kicker on Friday. That's kind of a moving target week to week, I guess, for them. And and they've turned it over mostly to to Will Pristup at, at punter. He's a Michigan State transfer. Um, after trying out Daniel Cherney at the beginning of the year, he was like an Australian rugby uh, guy. So um, it hasn't been good. Pristup, Pristup's fine, usually. He'll <laughs> He'll shank one probably once every three games, but he's been good. The kicker thing has not been solved really at all and then when they return stuff they don't really they don't really try or either that or make baffling decisions when they do you know are asked to kind of return one um, mostly fair catches on punts um, and you know no return game really to speak of either so if they can if Nebraska can just I've said this I think before every game this year if they could just stay even on special teams stay stay net even they're going to give themselves a chance but there's been at least a handful of games where they've been way far below. So they obviously can't do that against Iowa where it's going to be low, low scoring possessions are going to be limited. um, You know, and there probably won't be very many turnovers to be had either. So, Um, can't make a special teams mistake on Friday and Nebraska is certainly the more likely team to make a special teams mistake.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm hoping for, man. I'm hoping for another, let's just let's not kick it to Charlie Jones for three quarters. And then, Oh shoot. We all forgot the assignment. Let's kick it to Charlie and let him run for a hundred yards. I I I just couldn't, I could not believe Amir Smith-Marset got a kick return that, that was two years ago. I'm like, you have been legitimately avoiding him the entire game, and then you just allow him to do it at a very crucial time where you are starting to get momentum. I'm like, yeah, come on. They did
0: the same thing with Kirkshank when he was at Wisconsin. They were just like, here you go. And he's like the most, you know, notoriously the most dangerous kick returner. Same thing with with Reed um, at, at Michigan State. And that punt return ultimately lost them the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, there's been so many of those. It's just unbelievable. Just
1: wild. My last question for you is: You mentioned an improved defense. Um, Stats are not everything, so I wanted to just kind of read off a couple stats and then get your thoughts of the defense and and really the weakness. But sixty fourth in rushing yards allowed per attempt, eighty sixth in sack percentage, one hundred and seventh in completion percentage, and fifty eight in passing yards allowed. Now, I I agree. Everything I've seen from Nebraska, the defense has been um, at least above average and pretty solid against good teams. Those stats don't always tell the right story. So I'm curious, uh, what has been your perception of the defense this year? And if I if you were Iowa, where would you attack at? What would you yeah, do to attack I, with Nebraska defense?
0: It's it's interesting. You you gotta kind of find a find a point in there. I, I will say this, the the pass rushing stat, the sack stat is is legit. And they they haven't um they haven't rushed the passer at a very consistent level. Eric Schnander, you know, hasn't had one of those guys over the first couple of years, so he's had to scheme some things up um they you know that takes away part part of the deal um you know that that may end up hurting him over the last two is after the Ohio State game one of their best defenders Jojo Doman uh, decided to um not play in the last two games so he's one of their guys that you can either send on a on a rush or um is a pretty good cover guy too uh, against tight ends so that's that's a r- tricky deal for Nebraska, more so, I think, against Iowa than it was against Wisconsin. Um, I, I'd watch out for that one and kind of how they decide to check out their personnel there. They've been really good against the run with the exception of that blow-up performance against Braylon Allen, Wisconsin, this past week. Um, they Really, it, it's it's been pretty stout. Um, Damian Daniels in the middle does a good job for him. I'm not sure what his health – situation is for friday though he he didn't play a lot of the second half against wisconsin um we'll, once again we'll, we'll hear from frost on on wednesday here but um i, I don't know if he's going to be quite 100 percent. so it, it's a big test i think for for those linebackers in the defensive line but generally i, I feel pretty solid about nebraska being able to stop the run now if Iowa brings in, as I've been hearing here, a little bit more of a QB run game to the table now, <laughs> uh, which is, whoa, that's that's mind-blowing.
1: I mean, we <laughs> ran. We got positive yards on a run, and I was like, oh, my God. What is this team? I haven't seen this in so long. Uh, it get, Like, we got a three-yard run, and I was just ecstatic. It's like I won the Super Bowl myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that changes things. I discipline-wise a little bit. Um, but it overall, there's no, there's no real explosive parts of the defense. They, they don't get turnovers at a very high level. They don't get sacks at a very high level, but they're really consistent and solid. And it's tough to score touchdowns on them. It's, it's tough to put together long sustained drives. Um, they, they can get off the field on third and fourth down. Um, but it's, you know, if you're looking, if they need this big explosive moment, um, you know, they're going to have to hope that Kirk Ferentz fakes another field goal or something like that. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a good defense, but not a great defense. That's
1: good to know. Yeah, no, cause I was, I was just curious. I've heard a lot of things about him and like, I've been relatively impressed, but then some of these metrics don't really speak to that. I would say just for your, so Alex, um I love what, so he, it's been obviously a big controversy in Iowa because Spencer Petrus. and I've said this a lot of times, he's a freaking tree. The guy can't run at all. He tried early in the season. One time he's like, oh, I can scramble. Ran right into Tyler Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum turns around and starts carrying him. Because like, the guy just, when he does run, doesn't even look like he knows how to run. It's honestly just flabbergasting to me. He can't get out of the pocket. And his delivery is a little bit slower. Alex, delivery quicker, can actually move. And it actually has opened up the offense a little bit, allowing Iowa to run, 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 play action, bootleg. And then Alex can deliver the ball pretty well on the move. So it definitely has opened up the Iowa offense a little bit. Now that hasn't translated into a lot of points. Um, Minnesota, yeah. we had a couple explosive plays. One of those uh, you could argue is was nothing to do with Alex. It was Keegan Johnson having the most amazing body control for a true freshman I've ever seen, um, which I know Nebraska fans are going to hate to hear that. Uh, yes. Definitely very hurtful. That one, I like it. Um, <laughs> but against Illinois, we only scored one offensive touchdown. So it's just uh, – There's still some holes here, but we're starting to see Iowa open it up a little bit on the offense. Um, They're starting to incorporate a few more wrinkles. The rushing attack, it feels like Brian has decided to move away from the outside zone runs, which have been almost entirely ineffective the entire year and focus entirely on the inside zone and also doing a lot of jet motion type of stuff, which
0: um, I I think does. If you're you're not – if it's conventional, if it's not creative, um, you know, Nebraska has – Normally, show, with the exception of against Wisconsin, like I said, they they have really you know keyed in on taking away the number one thing. I, the, the defense has done a really good job of that. Now, if there's some more window dressing and eye candy and, and stuff that they, you know, different stuff that they do, I think that could probably give them um, a little bit of an issue. But th- like I said, it is a veteran defense. Um, they know what to do. They know where to go. Um, There'll be a few new guys in there um, from over the last two weeks here. but it's a, it's a group that understands kind of what their, you know, what their job is, what their task is. And that can only take them so far, like I said, but um it, you know, there is, if I would bring something a little different to the table that that's that scares me a little bit for Nebraska defensively.
1: Yeah. I, I know in the last couple seasons against Nebraska Iowa has introduced other wrinkles. I mean, I remember the Amir Smith-Marset end around where Nate Stanley's blocking for him halfway down the field. I mean, they do incorporate, if you know, a few more new principles. And I mean, you'll love this. Iowa tried a double reverse wide receiver pass. Now, granted, it got blown up. (laughs) um, And thankfully, we got a roughing the passer uh, on our wide receiver, which is just, I've Honestly, never seen that before. But we got a roughing the passer call, wow. thankfully. But uh, double reverse wide receiver pass. Um, was starting to get a little tricky. So it'll be interesting. Definitely a, an interesting chess match in this game. Uh, final question for you, man. I know I got to let you go, but what is your prediction for this game?
0: Man, I, you know, I, I I love the idea of Nebraska being an underdog in this game, and then they come out at the beginning of the week, and it's a, it, and they and they're a four point favorite. And then Adrian Martinez is out. So it's flipped back around to a point and a half underdog for Nebraska. Now I just, I can't with I th- what I think how this game is going to look, like I said, limited possessions, you know, not many chances for super explosive plays or game changing plays. Um, and Nebraska being the more likely team to kind of screw up. I, j- I just can't pick Nebraska. Like I I can't, you know, they've been in a hundred of those games already this year, and they've lost all of them. So um, I, I can't quite do it, and I, I think Iowa probably sneaks out with another win. Um, but there's a lot of intriguing pieces of it. I don't know. Let's say twenty, twenty-one 21 to, you know, 17, somewhere in that range. It's – that's pretty much where I'm at. I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. But, you know, Nebraska's going to have to, you know, put it together for them, right? Which means not shooting themselves in the foot. And that's just something we don't trust them to do.
1: Yeah, my buddy um, asked me if I was betting on the game, and I said, not a chance. I'm not not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. I I do not bet on Nebraska-Iowa, because you never know what's going to happen. It feels like the last three or four years, Iowa gets off to a a hot start. Nebraska chips away, chips away, chips away. Iowa plays conservative. All of a sudden, now we're in a one-score game with five minutes left, and Iowa closes it out. Um, this season, it usually is kind of the inverse where the other team just drives down the field, first drive of the game with ease. And looks like we're just about to get ripped apart for 40 points. And then mm-hmm. Iowa's defense buckles down and the offense kind of figures some things out. That'll be really interesting to me to see if Scott Frost does incorporate some wrinkles with Logan. Well, they've, had hot,
0: they've had some hot starts and that's usually yeah. where they try to take their shot right out of the, right out of the mm-hmm. gate. Um, it led to their dismantling of, of Northwestern and. Um, a good start against Wisconsin. So, um, well, with the exception of getting the opening kick taken back on, on yeah. But, um, you know, they've had some good offensive starts this year, and in those, they they set the tone for a good performance. Now, what happens with a different quarterback? And you know, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah.
1: It'll be interesting, man. Well, Connor, I've kept you a little bit too long, so I apologize for that. But where can the folks find you if they want to get more Nebraska stuff? I do actually have some Nebraska people
0: listening to this now. I'm awesome. sure. So. Yeah, 93.7 The Ticket in Lincoln. I'm on with Mike Schaefer of 247 Sports from uh, 8 to 11 a.m. You can check us out at ticketfm.com. I
1: love it, man. Connor, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I hope Iowa wins this game regardless. I'll be reaching out to you next year. We can cover this Iowa-Nebraska game again together. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Locked Hawkeyes podcast. Have a phenomenal day, and as always, y'all, let's go Hawks.